Staying at home is one of the best measures in order to stop the spreading of the coronavirus. Because of this mandate, the home became the office, the school, the church, the playground, the restaurant, the clinic. Life has also been simplified. We're forced to do without mauling, shopping, going to the cinema, traveling, partying, and other social gatherings. Many people are still struggling to adjust to the new normal lifestyle. As believers of Christ, how are we to adjust? Let us listen to Pastor Maki in part 3 of our new series, The New Normal, in his sermon titled, Staying at Home. Now at this time, let's come to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles with you, can you please turn it to our scripture reading to Isaiah chapter 26, verse 20 and 21. So Isaiah 26 verse 20 and 21, and uh, may I request everyone to please stand up for the reading of God's holy word. And here the Bible says, Go home, my people, and lock your doors. Hide yourselves for a little while until the Lord's anger has passed. Look, the Lord is coming from heaven to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer hide those who have been killed. They will be brought out for all to see. May God bless the reading from His uh, Holy Word. Why don't we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful Sunday that once again we are gathered online so that we can worship you, Lord. We can come together even though we are distanced from each other physically, but we know that in spirit and in truth, we worship you, Lord, together in this particular Sunday. Father, have your way. May you mold us. May you teach us. May you incline our minds and hearts to your word so that we will understand today's lesson and apply it, Lord, in our lives. Father, allow your spirit to take control, Lord, and so that we can give you our minds, our hearts, our ears. And Father, be glorified in this message. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. So once again, happy Sunday, each and every one. It's been five months already uh, in this lockdown situation. And we, we say that the COVID-19 literally change our lives it has changed the way we live not just here in the philippines but globally that's why we we call this a pandemic okay it's a crisis that has affected everyone whether you are in the first world country or in a third world country the covid 19 pandemic has literally changed the lives of people around the world and that is why, in connection with this, we have uh, come up with a new uh, sermon series entitled, The New Normal. And in this series, we are talking about the new normal that the COVID-19 has brought us. And we go back to the Bible and ask, what does the Bible say about these things? Does the Bible warn us about this? So that's the new normal. And... Uh, let me just review what we have learned so far in this series for the 
couple of Sundays that passed. The first one, the, pers the first part, we talk about social distancing. And yes, that is the new normal. Social distancing. It has changed the way we, we buy things. We, we go to the mall. There's always social distancing. We have to line up. And the way we line up, it has to be a few feet from each other. And this is so important. We need to do social distancing because the virus is contagious and it is airborne and it's so easy for the virus to be passed on from one person to the other through through the droplets that comes from our mouth or our our nose or through the aerosol you know that 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 would allow the the virus to float around the air so that's why we have to do social distancing and and we said that the Bible also mentions about social distancing many, many years ago, before the discovery of the microscope, before the discovery of, of bacteria and viruses. During the time of Moses, God already warned people and, and even gave his people instructions what to do if there are infec in, you know, infectious diseases. They have to do social distancing. And then secondly, we talk about frequent hand washing. Okay, that's the second new normal. Frequent hand washing. In order to stop the spread of the virus, you know, the, we don't know where the virus would land on any particular surface. And so that is why we have to wash our hands. And last week, we, we also talked about washing, not just of our hands, but God wants us also to wash our hearts because according to Jesus, it's not just the outward part of our life that needs to be cleansed. You know, God is more concerned with the inside. That is why it's not just cleansing of our hands, disinfecting our hands, but we need also to disinfect our hearts through constant confession of our sins. All right? Now, Today, we are going to talk about staying at home. Yes, that's the, the part three of the series. Stay at home. That's the new normal now. You know, with, with our world turned upside down due to the COVID-19 pandemic, many of us, you know, are stuck in our homes. And practically, the home has become our workplace. The home has become our uh, place to enjoy, to exercise, to socialize. It's like during this pandemic, our world today circulates around the home. And we've discovered many things about our homes that we've, we've not recognized before. And so staying at home for you know, many months already, weeks and months already, it has changed our lives. It has probably changed the way we relate with each other, with our children, with our families. Remember, our life has been so fast that, you know, we, we jump from, from house to school to, to church to workplace 
to many places. We have our meetings, but with this COVID-19, you know, our life has been confined to the comfort of our homes. And so, what does the Bible say about this? Okay, before, when we have our bucket list, you know, we want to go to places, we want to go there, we want to visit and experience nice things, but now, all those options are gone. Government wants us to stay at home because it's the best practice to protect ourselves and to stop the spreading of the virus, to stay at home. That's why medical experts and our government is really encouraging all of us to stay at home right now. Okay? So the home has become the marketplace. The home has become the game place. It has become the, the place where we can exercise. We can just do anything, our work. Okay? So stay at home. But what does the Bible say about staying at home? So what does the Bible say about staying at home, especially in this time of crises? All right? Now, there are two main messages that I want us to learn, two main points that we want us to learn this uh, Sunday, all right? The first one, we are going to talk about the admonition of the Bible. What is the admonition of the Bible concerning staying at home, all right? And the second, we are going to talk about the attitude of the believer. So first, we are going to talk about the admonition of the Bible. Now, if you remember when, when this COVID-19 started, okay, there is this particular passage in Scripture that has been gaining social media attention. And I'm sure you have also uh, received this through text, through, through the Instagram or through your Facebook messages, okay? I'm referring to Isaiah 26, verse 20. So this particular passage has become popular these days. This has been passed on. And I just want to explain about this verse. What does this verse have to do with the lockdown situation and the staying at home, all right? So why don't we read once again the verse, Isaiah 26, verse 20. And 21, in the New Living Translation, it says, Go home, my people, and lock your doors. Hide yourselves for a little while until the Lord's anger has passed. Look, the Lord is coming from heaven to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer hide those who have been killed. They will be brought out for all to see. Now, friends, first and foremost, Isaiah 26 was written by Isaiah. I don't think he had in mind the pandemic, the COVID-19. Okay? So, it's, it's wrong to say that Isaiah here is really talking about the COVID-19 that we are going through right now. Okay? That would be too much and forcing the scripture to say something, all right? But these verses, okay, this, this chapter, the whole chapter 26, is actually 
given the title, A Song of Praise for Victory. A Song of Salvation. Right? Why? Because these verses, chapter 26 of Isaiah, has something to do with the day of the Lord. So indeed, this is, Isaiah here is prophesying a future event, and he gives us what is this event. This event will happen during the day of the Lord. And verses 20 and 21 talks about the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is eschatological uh, passage. So this deals with future events and does not necessarily point to the COVID-19. Okay? But somehow there are things in this passage that we can apply practically. All right? So again, this verse does not point to the pandemic that we are going through right now, but this is pointing to the day of the Lord. Now, what is the day of the Lord? In the Bible, listen, in eschatology, the day of the Lord is the last day of the great tribulation. Although scholars differ as to the duration of this day, some scholars would say this is longer than one day. Some scholars would say this is just a single day. Now, I don't know, but the Bible simply says it is the day of the Lord. Now, whether it's, it's a 24-hour day or longer, the point is the day of the Lord, that's the day when Christ will come. Okay? The second coming. So the day of the Lord. It's talking about the second coming and that during the second coming, okay, or prior to the second coming, remember, God will pour out His wrath on the earth to punish the wicked, the sinners in the world. So God is going to bring about His wrath, His anger to this world. And that is what this verse is saying. You know? when, when, when God's wrath is being poured out upon the earth, that's when God, you know, admonished His people to go home, you know, to lock your doors, you know, to stay there, all right? Because God will preserve and protect His people. Now, this is some kind of an illusion. Right, so this is a disinfectant, you know, a natural uh, source of disinfectant. God says, use this shrub, okay? Use this to paint blood, the blood of the lamb, on the doorposts of your of your homes. And then God says, none of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. All right. So, in other words, what will happen? in the day of the Lord is something like what happened back then in Egypt. That the, the angel of death would pass by the whole area, whole Egypt, all right, to punish, okay? 
And then, the believers, God's people, are to stay home. And as long as they have the blood of the Lamb, you know, the angel of death would what? Would pass over them. That's why this is called the Passover, one of the high feasts of the Jews. Verse 23, when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. So what will happen in the great tribulation is something like what happened in Egypt. All right? So there's going to be a catastrophe here on earth. Okay, God would, would bring out His anger upon the earth because of the wickedness of man. Now, the believers during the tribulation, those believers during the tribulation, they will be protected. They will be preserved. And so, there are three admonitions that we find in this passage. Number one, the first admonition of God is come home. Come home or go home. Now, actually, if, if you compare translations, you will notice that the older translations would say, come home, while the newer translations would say, go home. Okay? The, the Hebrew verb is yalak. Yalak. The Hebrew verb yalak means two things. It, it, can, it can either mean to go or to come. And so the older translations like the King James Version, the New American Standard Bible, okay, trans they translate the Alak to come home. So, so you have there, come home, my people. Okay? Or in the newer translation, like the NIV or the New Living Translation, it's go home, my people. Alright? Now, either way, Isaiah is speaking, you know, speaking for the Lord prophesies a time when God's people are invited to come home. And if we are God's people, coming home means coming back to God because God is our refuge. Okay? God is our refuge. God is saying, there's going to be destruction that will come over all the earth, but you are my people and I am your refuge. You come to me. In other words, come home because I will be dwelling with you. Okay? So that's the idea here. There's going to be pandemic outside. There's going to be catastrophe outside. There's going to be destruction outside. But you will be preserved. And so I want you to go home and lock yourselves. So friends, it's talking about the day of the Lord. It's talking about the great tribulation. But we can also take some principles here that during pandemic situation, the best place to be, you know, the safest place is in the confinement of our homes. It's like that's what the Bible say. You go home. Okay? So before the government issued this, this, uh, you know, this, this protocol, the Bible already gives us this admonition. Whenever there are pestilence, whenever there are uh, pandemic outside, the same way as what happened during the time of Moses. God says, you lock yourselves in your home because I'll be there to protect you. And, you know, even, even during the time of Noah, remember, when the flood came, 
what did God you know, say to Noah okay, before the flood and when the flood is about to come? God says, Noah, enter into the ark and then God shut the door of the ark. Again, they were still there and they were protected from what's going on from the outside. That's the point okay, of go home and come home. Right? Now, in, in verse 3 of Isaiah 26, God also gave us a very familiar promise here when we come to Him, when we draw near to Him. Notice what He said, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. What a wonderful promise. That's the promise of God. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Friends, chances are during this pandemic, people will not experience peace of mind. People will be stressed. People will be restless. People will have so many things to think. And, and we Christians can also succumb to that. But God promises here in verse 3, God will, keep in, God will keep you and me in perfect peace when our minds are what? Steadfast. In other words, when our minds are focused, when our minds are, are inclined to trust in God. Wow. I want you to have that peace right now, brothers and sisters in the Lord. So that's the first admonition. Come home. Second admonition from this verse is close the doors. Close doors. Look at uh, verse 20 again. Go home, my people, and lock your doors. Lock your doors. Okay? What's the meaning of that? Lock your doors. Again, the same thing as, as what God did with Noah. Okay, a male and a female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. The same thing as what happened in Egypt. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. Okay, so, so what's with the closing of the door? Now I find three, three possible implications when God says close your doors. First, it speaks about the urgency, the urgency to keep ourselves safe and secure in the, in the confines of our homes. Sense of urgency, lock your doors. It's like there's an exclamation point there. Lock your doors, meaning to say the destruction is going to be fast, it's going to be in haste. Just like during the, the times in Egypt, it's going to be very quick. And so there is a sense of urgency. So friends, I want you to take that sense of urgency today. We cannot just enjoy going out, hanging out somewhere, no. There's a sense of urgency here. We have to keep ourselves safe. And by doing it, we are also saving other people's lives. Also, there is a sense of responsibility. The responsibility to keep ourselves safe. Again, the Bible says, lock your doors. In other words, God has given us the responsibility to keep ourselves and our families safe. It's up to us if we obey. And, and just like what happened in Egypt, God's people were protected. Why? Because they followed 
the command of God, they shut their doors. It, it speaks of our responsibility. And third, it, it also means what the necessity to keep ourselves safe. When God says, go to your homes, lock your doors, it's necessary. Okay? The, the point is, there's going to be destruction, there's going to be calamity, there's going to be a pandemic outside, and so it's necessary that you protect yourselves. Friends, God cares for His people. Amen? And that is why He has given us that command. Shut your doors. So come home, close your doors. The third admonition from Isaiah 26, conceal yourselves. Conceal yourselves or hide yourselves. Look again, verse 20. Hide yourselves. But I want to focus on the later part. For a little while. Hide yourselves for a little while until the Lord's anger has passed. So friends, the anger of the Lord is not going to be forever. Amen? It's very clear. For a little while. It's like what David said of God in, in Psalm 30 verse 5, for his anger lasts only for a moment. Okay, his anger lasts only for a moment. Now, compare that to his favor, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Okay, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. So there we have it, friends. The three admonitions coming from Isaiah 26, verse 20 and 21. And I think this is so relevant to our times today. Now, even though uh, we are not sure, you know, we do not know if we are already in the Great Tribulation, okay? But this is the timing of of Isaiah's writing, this speaks about the second coming, but we can draw some important lessons here, okay? Especially during times of crises. What should we do when there are crises going on outside? God says, come home or go home. Close your doors and conceal yourselves, all right? So it's biblical. It's biblical. Staying home is something that God has, has admonished His people when there are calamities happening outside. Again, three times that happens. First, in Egypt, or maybe before the time of Egypt, during the time of Noah, when there was the flood, God preserved His people, allowed Him to enter the ark and shut the door. And for, for many days, God preserved them in the ark. The same thing with the people of God during the time of, you know, in Egypt. God says, go to your homes, close your doors, hide yourself for a little while because there's going to be, you know, the, the plague that will come across the whole Egypt. And then we are looking forward to a future, you know, in Isaiah 26, during the day of the Lord, the same thing will happen. And friends, during this pandemic situation, God wants us to go home, come home, close doors, conceal yourselves. In other words, protect yourselves as much as you can. All right? But staying home, listen, staying home for five months and more can be very stressful. Maybe at first, it's like having a vacation or what you call a staycation. 
you know, a staycation. You're just staying at home like you're having a vacation, but, you know, the first month is over, not, and then the second month, the third month. Now we are in the fifth month, and a lot of people are getting stressed. Before, we only stay at home for what? At most, 8 to 10 hours a day. We, we go to work, we go to school. But can you imagine work and school, adult works, kids playing, and they all happen at home? Can you imagine? Can you relate? Right? The stress of work, the stress of cooking, the stress of taking care of the kids. They're all happening in the same place. And that would bring, what, so much stress to people. And I'm sure some of us are already feeling that way. Okay? And we're, we're asking for help. Like, what about our finances? Maybe the first few months, okay? But now we are in the fifth month. And it has caused us some unnecessary worries. So the point now is this, what must we do in order for us to thrive? You know, as Christians, what must we do as we follow the order of the government to stay at home? What must we do in order to thrive and not just survive this pandemic at home? All right? So this brings us to the second point, the attitude of the believer. Okay, we've already heard the admonition of the Bible. Now, let's turn to the attitude. What should be the attitude of Christians as we are staying at home? Should we, should we allow worries and problems to dominate our hearts? Okay, should we allow grumbling and complaining just like what happened to the Jews when, when they were going around the the wilderness for 40 years now wala patakabot og 40 years or 40 months but a lot of people are starting to complain and are worried already you know what will happen to our jobs what will happen to our future and all these things and so while there are so many things that we can learn from the bible i'd like us to confine ourselves with just three important attitudes. For me, these are three important attitudes that we must have as Christians during this pandemic situation. All right? So are you ready? So here's the first one. While staying at home, we must cast our cares upon the Lord. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. That's the first attitude as Christians. Confronted with these worries, needless worries about what will happen to life, God says, cast all your cares upon me. That's from 1 Peter 5, 7. Again, look at the Bible. Cast all your cares upon me because he cares for you. That's what the Bible is saying, cast. Okay? It, it literally means to throw. In other words, throw. Don't keep your cares. God is saying, throw your cares on me. Okay? What are we supposed to cast before the Lord? All your cares. Take note, all your cares. Not just the big ones. 
not just the big ones. The Bible says, all your cares. What cares do you have today, brethren? The Bible says, cast all your cares upon me. Why? Because he cares for us, okay? It says here, upon him, upon the Lord. Where do we cast our cares? Upon the Lord. Why can we cast our cares on him? Because he cares for us. Friends, that is one of the greatest attributes of God. Our God is a caring God. Amen? That's why he is described as a father. He is described as, as a, you know, a loving and a caring, a compassionate Gracious God. Amen? Now, 1 Peter 5.7 is, is a direct quotation from Psalm 55, verse 22. This is the, you know, the, the source verse. Peter simply quoted this. Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, Cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. Okay? So this is a classic example of a promise and a premise. What is the promise? He will sustain you. What else? He will never let your right, righteous be shaken. He will never let the righteous be shaken. So the promise of God is that He will sustain us and make us unshakable. In this pandemic, brethren, it's easy for us to be shaken, to be shaken by the news, to be shaken by our finances, to be shaken that uh, we don't have supplies anymore. That's, but the promise of God, I will sustain you. I will never let you be shaken. But what is the premise? The premise is, cast all your cares. Throw all your cares upon me. What are some of these cares? Now, these are some of the things that we call our cares or concerns. What will happen to my family? What about my work? What about the kids' schooling? What will happen in the future? Will we have enough su supply that I don't have work anymore? The business is, is, is uh, no longer there. Will I be forever stuck in my current situation in life? And many things. And these things can, can you know, fill our brains and it, it, the effect of that is that it will make us weak, you know, spiritually, mentally, and physically. That is why Jesus Christ in, in Matthew, turn your Bibles now to Matthew 6, 25 to 34. This is what Jesus said. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Okay, friends, take note. This is a command. Okay, what is the command of Jesus? Not to worry about everyday life. What is your everyday life? Your food, your safety, okay? your shelter, your clothing. God says, these are not things that should bother you. To worry means to allow things to bother your mind. Okay? Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, 
And Jesus said, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. So, so God is saying, when you start to worry, I want you, God, Jesus Christ is saying, I want you to observe the birds. Have you seen a bird that has experienced depression? <laughs> Have you seen a depressed bird? Notice what the Bible says. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And here's the amazing thing. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Isn't that wonderful assurance, friends? You and I are far more valuable to God than these birds, even though these birds are created by God. Listen, we were created in the image of God. Birds were not. We are valuable before God. And so if God cares so much for birds, how much with people that has been created in His image? And not just we Christians, we are not just created in His image. We belong to God for two things. By creation and by salvation, remember? We were bought with a price, see? We were bought by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are more valuable than birds. I want you to think about it, brethren. You are more valuable than birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? A rhetorical question with the answer, no. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And that's true. I don't know with you, but whenever I travel... Whenever we go to places and those, you know, my team from the Holy Land tour, uh, sometimes they're so busy with, you know, taking pictures of, of, of buildings, castles. But I was busy taking pictures of what? Flowers. <laughs> yes. I, have, I still have the collection of flowers, you know, when I visited places. Flowers. You know, I'm so amazed with flowers. And, 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 and Jesus used it. Jesus saying, look at how beautiful these flowers are. Who made them beautiful? God. So, so every time you look at a beautiful flower, you will, you know, you should remind yourself, look at these flowers. They, they were not worried whether they can bloom today. You know, no flowers say, oh no, I'm worried. Can I bloom? Can I have a good, good color today? They don't worry because God provides them the coloration. God provides them the beauty. And friends, again, you and I are more valuable than flowers. Jesus went on to say, And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, notice this, friends. He will certainly, say the word certainly, He will certainly care for you. Write that down. He will certainly care for you. So friends, during our stay-at-home situation, cast all your cares upon Jesus because He cares for you. Again, why, why do you think Jesus Christ commanded us not to worry? 
Because worry, what? Worry may damage your health. It may consume your thoughts, disrupt your productivity, negatively affect the way you treat other members of the family. And I don't know if that's already happening. You become grumpy, you become, you know, you complain, you grumble a lot. And there is so much tension within the home right now because you are staying you know, long times with each other before you, you, just, you just, you know, say hi, hello, and then everyone is gone. But now, we are stuck. We are stuck to each other. And somehow, it has some negative effects. Right? That's why we need to flush out all the negatives, the worries, the anxiety, and trust God to take care of us. Amen? Let us trust God to take care of us. Worry may also reduce your ability to trust God. Yes, because worry weakens our faith. Worry weakens our faith. Right? So what should we do when we are anxious? Okay? Turn your Bibles now to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Okay? This is a command. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Okay? About anything. It's not just the big things. Don't worry about anything. That's what the Bible says. Instead, pray about everything. Okay? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. That gives, us, that gives us the principles there. So, how to cast our cares upon God? Three things. I want you to write this down. First, tell God about it. So, when you have cares, when you have worries, don't vent it out to your children. Don't vent it out to your spouse. Vent it out to God. Alright? Instead of, of expressing your frustration to your spouse or to your children, or to your parents, okay? Pour out your frustrations to God. Tell God about your concerns. And then thank God in it. Thank God. Lord, despite this, I am still thankful that you are in control. And then third, trust God to provide. Amen? Trust God to provide. Now, what will happen if you do that? Notice the promise. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine that? When we tell God our concerns, right? when we thank God about our concerns, and when we trust God to provide for our concerns, He will also give us what? Peace. The peace that transcends, exceeds anything we can understand. Amen? So that's the first attitude that we must have in this uh, staying at home situation. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Number two, second, learn to be content. Learn to be content. Okay, let's proceed to verse 11. Still Philippians chapter 4. Not that I was ever in need 
Paul says, For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Remember, when Paul was saying this, he was writing this in prison. He was isolated. He was socially distanced from the other brethren. And when Paul says this, he says, I have learned to be content. All right? So, what is contentment there for? What is contentment? Listen to this. Contentment is not automatic. It doesn't mean that you're a Christian, you automatically become content. No. That's why Paul says, I have to learn this. I learned. That's why Paul has to learn it. I have learned from the various experience of Paul going around preaching. Sometimes he would meet rich people and so he can eat nice food. But sometimes he will be with the poor and so sometimes he would be famished. But in all of this, Paul learned. So it's a skill to learn. Friends, we have to learn to be content because contentment is not automatic. Paul went on to say in verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Okay? I have learned. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is, it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Paul experienced all these things. So, secondly, contentment is what? Contentment is being able to adapt to situations. So learn to adapt, all right? Don't complain about this situation during this pandemic. This is part of life. This is part of our, you know, process. God is growing us. God is developing us. And so learn to adapt. When there is plenty, enjoy. Eat as much. But during this pandemic, we have to adjust. We have to adapt to the situation. That's contentment. And then verse 13, this is the famous verse, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Notice this, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Here's the third, okay? Contentment is what? Is having the audacity to trust Jesus Christ to provide. Audacity, you know, I love that word. Audacity, meaning to say what? The boldness, right? The boldness, having the audacity, having the courage. In other words, Paul is saying, I can do all things to Christ. What do you call that? That's audacious faith. He's saying, he's saying, he's saying that even when he was in prison, I can do everything to God, to Christ who strengthens me. That's audacious faith. So have the audacity to trust Jesus to provide. That gives us contentment, brethren. Tell yourself, Jesus Christ is powerful. Jesus Christ is my, my refuge. Jesus Christ is my provider. Jesus Christ is my healer. Friends, I want you to grow, develop that audacity to trust God for the impossible. These are times where we need to have audacious faith. Amen? So, cast your cares upon the Lord. Learn to be content in the Lord. And then we come to the third. Develop your character in the Lord. While we are staying at home, 
You know, we've tried so many things, exercise, trying to cook new f- food, right? We, do, we can do many things. In other words, we don't have to, you know, uh, just wallow in this pandemic at home. We need to enjoy. We need to develop ourselves. So while we are stuck at home, we can choose to growl over it or to go- grow through it, Okay? So it's a choice. You can growl over it. You know, you can just cry and grumble or you can grow through it. It's a choice. But friends, as Christians, the same thing with Paul, in every situation, we have to choose to thrive over it. Amen? And while we are staying at home, it's a good opportunity for us to develop Develop our skills, our relationship with our family. You know, develop quiet time, develop reading habits. We can develop ourselves. Again, friends, today the home has become almost everything. The home has become the library. The home has become the fitness gym. The home has become the church. You know, the home has become the school. The home has become our office. The home has become our Starbucks. The home has become our mall. Everything now happens in the home. And so while we are stuck at home, we better develop ourselves, develop our character. Notice Romans 5, 3 to 5. Paul says, we can rejoice too when we, uh, when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance so how do we develop our character according to paul now there are five things i can learn here and i'm sharing it with you let's just do this quickly how to develop our character based on romans chapter 5 verse 3 to 5 first first thing rejoice in your circumstance okay learn to rejoice at first probably you grumble probably you complain lord why how long it doesn't help. Grumbling, complaining doesn't help. But start to view things in God's perspective. Okay? Try to, try to see the home environment in God's perspective. Okay? Rejoice in your circumstance. That's why Paul says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. And this COVID-19 pandemic is one of those that we run into. Second, Recognize opportunities to grow. Recognize opportunities to grow. So you rejoice, then you try to recognize opportunities to grow. Look at verse 3 again. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Sometimes we look at problems as enemies, but actually these can be opportunities that we can develop ourselves. I want you to recognize. Let's recognize what what can I grow from this situation? Okay. What can you grow in that situation? In this staying at home, what can we grow? We, we can probably grow our skills in cooking, our skills in, in, in hat, handcrafts, I don't know, in our skills of, of writing, okay? of having Bible study online, friends, Look for opportunities to grow. Recognize those things. Okay. Third, remain strong in your hope. Okay. That's how you develop character. Remain strong in your hope. Look at the verse again. 
Okay, verse 4, And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. It, it strengthens. So, remain strong. In other words, these are times to hold on, to endure, right? To hold on to our salvation. Paul is saying, look forward to your salvation. Don't just look at the present. Look at the future, all right? As, as we look at the future, it gives us strength to live our present. Amen? So keep our focus on the hope of salvation. That gives us endurance. So remain strong in your hope, all right? Number four, refuse to be discouraged. It's so easy for people to be discouraged while staying at home. But the Bible says, okay, in verse 4, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Right? When we have the hope of salvation, the hope that we belong to Christ, the hope that soon all this pandemic and trials will be over, and we will experience glorious moments with God forever, that will not disappoint us. So refuse to be discouraged. Refuse. If there are things at home that causes you to be discouraged, you're discouraged with your kids, you're discouraged with your parents, you're discouraged with your boss, you're discouraged with your neighbor, friends, while we are staying at home, allow your focus to be on that hope the hope of being with God so that you can refuse to be disappointed. Because the hope that we have, notice what the Bible says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. And then number five, rely on the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit. In order for us to develop our character, we have to realize that it is the work of the Spirit. Notice verse five, because He has given us what? Because He has given us the Holy Spirit you and I, the moment we trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do to us? To fill our hearts with His love. Amen? That's the work of the Spirit, to fill our hearts with His love. That's how we grow in our character. That's how we grow in our behavior as Christians. We need to rely that the Holy Spirit will fill us with the love of God. That love of God is the fuel, you know? When, when things get tough in the home, when the rubber meets the road in the home, you know what happens? Suddenly, you start to boil. But then if you trust the Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit, remove my anger. Oh, Holy Spirit, remove my frustration. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill your heart with His love. And when we do that, friends, our character will also develop the character of Christ in us. Amen? And that will change the way we relate to our children, to our parents, to the people that we are stuck with at home. Amen? So do not let this pandemic destroy you. Do not let this pandemic destroy your character, brethren. Instead, let it develop you in Christ. Amen? Let's not, let's not allow this staying at home to destroy the Christ-like character in us. Instead, 
let us use this situation to develop Christ-likeness. So, while we are staying at home, what are the three attitudes that we have learned today from God's Word? Number one, remember, cast all your cares upon the Lord. No? Trust Him. Trust Him. Don't worry too much. Entrust your concerns because He cares for you. Number two, learn to be content. Just adjust your life to the situation today. Learn to be content. And number three, let's use this staying at home also as a time to develop our character in the Lord. This is character development, brethren. Amen? Consider this staying at home uh, situation as God is trying to develop His character in each of us. So there we have it. Friends, stay home. I want you to stay safe, stay home, and save lives. Right? Save lives. Thank you so much. God bless you. Right? Save lives. Thank you so much. God bless you. For more biblical, inspirational content, please check out our social media accounts found in the description. Have a blessed day ahead!